What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey everybody, Bridie here, and uh, I'm not going to lie, I've already recorded this like maybe seven times. This is take seven, but I'm all alone. I have no one to to bounce back and forth with in conversation because Jeremy is in Montreal having the time of his life at Oceaga or so Instagram. Instagram would have it seem, and uh, it's all good because I bought a Sprinter van, and I'm here in Halifax looking out at my new sexy soon-to-be recreational vehicle, and I think, needless to say, summer is going great all around. This week's episode is another episode with a Toronto buddy. Thank you again to our, our Patreon subscribers for sending us to Toronto and everybody who came out and bought tickets to the live show. Couldn't do it without you. This week's episode is with Aiden, and we loved meeting you, Aiden. I hope you enjoy the episode, and we'll see you on the other side. Hey, baby, come on home soon. Love you.
I was, so now I'm a script coordinator, but oh, I'm cool. on, <laughs> crazy enough, Working Mom. Oh, I love that show! <laughs> yeah. So I used to be um, the husband and wife, or like uh, Catherine, long, mm-hmm. dark hair. Her and her husband, I was their assistant. Okay. Yeah. I'm at, uh, I'm at Catherine. At, I'm at Catherine as uh, well. TEDx Toronto. She was so cool. Very nice. Very, yeah. Yeah. So sweet. So funny. She is. So, that show is, Working Moms is so funny. I think it's one of the best pieces of television, I've, especially Canadian television that I've seen in a long I time. I know. I feel very lucky to be even associated with it. So peripherally at all. What it, you, would you say you do? Are you a script consultant? A uh, coordinator. A script coordinator. What's that? So one? basically I take all of the pieces of like the scripts that the different writers have and then put them all together and distribute them to all the other departments. So okay. when like the person in charge of buying props is like, at breakfast they're having waffles as per the script. Mm-hmm. And then just like tracking all. You just make sure everybody has copies of the script. That's a very important job. It's It's super important. Stressful sometimes to make sure everyone's on the same page, but because like dailies, uh, am I? Am I? Maybe I'm like, is that a right term? Or the dailies? Like sometimes the script will change last minute. You know, the night before, so everyone's got to make sure. I'm the one being like, bad news. Oh, no. There's a whole bunch of changes. Yeah, right. And the actors are mad because I'm like, new words to learn. <laughs> I uh, I was, I'm just getting into the, the film stuff myself, and I did this, I production managed an indie uh, uh, series, web series shoot last summer, oh, and yeah. there were uh, several instances where... I was like, well, I don't, I didn't know that you weren't aware that there were script changes last night privately in the, in the writer's home. Like, obviously that's my job, but on an indie shoot, you're, you don't, you have so many jobs. It's really, I didn't even know that that was a script coordinator was a role. I know. No, it's, it's, um, yeah, you have to make sure that everyone is reading each other's minds in a way. Mm-hmm. And then you get in trouble when that happens. Oh, so stressful. You're yeah. right. So stressful. Because people show up and the props doesn't have the thing that they, you know, they want to do their job just as well as everybody else does. And when they're not prepared, it's yeah. like, fuck. But it's the actor. That's the most important part. The actor <laughs> must have their lines because that's the most important role. That really bothers me as an actor. Uh, we went to acting school oh together, and uh, so basically, we're a couple of assholes. And now, now when I work production, I'm like, I look at the actors. I'm like, they have no idea yeah, what yeah. is ha- really happening for them to be here. And I know some of them do. Obviously, right. Catherine Wood and her husband, and uh, and the other like people on the show who are clearly like powerhouses have been around for a little bit. I think conservatory style training. Beats that into you, I think. I that think is a community effort. Yeah, yeah. To be humble. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, well, and also just to realize how much happens behind the scenes. You know what I mean? Like right. when we were going to school, we were also learning just alongside the you know the the one day stage managers and the lighting crews and the all the people that were learning the tech. Like we were all in that together. Yeah, you know. But it was so drastically different making working as an actor on film because um, for some reason when you're an actor on film you're not allowed to touch anything you have to be uh, kept in your private you're like sweet yeah, comfortable warm rules. dry little bubble you're not allowed to lift equipment yeah. you cannot do anything to oh be helpful and as a person who likes to be helpful is really fucking boring yeah you I remember, sit in the green room and be like just tell me when to say my lines i guess i remember the first season of artuka like i was i was still in school and i was like oh yeah no i got you guys like yeah. I, they're like we have to uh 
we got to reset a light. And I'm like, oh, I can do it. And like, <laughs> I reach up to grab like a shy mirror or something. And they're like, no, 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 don't, 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 don't touch, don't touch. Talent doesn't touch the lights. Yeah, I'm like, what well, the fuck, guys? I'm just trying to be helpful. Because it's not even just like them being like, don't help, but it's also like all the other unions union. being like, if you yeah. get hurt, adjusting the lights and yeah. the lighting union comes after you for being like, you shouldn't have touched That's that right. at all. Yeah. But I do understand where you both are coming from as someone who like came from an assisting world, like very horny to assist all the time. Like, I'm like, I'll grab your coffees. Like, I'll go, <laughs> like, always want to be that person like helping fix it. And they're like, it's very much okay. You Getting don't... coffees outside your union uh, privileges, actually, you can't. You have to be in a special union. Yeah, call your reps. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is this is really fun. So we were, we were originally going to, we were trying to record with you the first time. Yeah. Or I guess the last time we were in Toronto. Mm. Um, which was that the first time we were in Toronto? No, no. Who fucking cares? Yeah. Uh, but we were going to record with you the last time we were here, but we just couldn't make it line up somehow. We just missed each other. Just missed each yeah. other. I had reached out to you guys right after you were like, I'm boarding the plane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, right. Yes. Now I remember. Yeah. Um, and you're, so are you, wait, are you a comedian? Yes. I also do stand up. Ah, yes. Okay. Okay. Where do you, what's your, what do you do? Where do you do stand up? Um, I'm branching out a very new, just over a year, but I'm very much that person who is like, let me control the attention at brunch, but, um, started and it's all over the city. So there's lots of queer rooms. I'm gay. So it's really nice. Toronto is very, um, I'm very, I feel very lucky to a be from Toronto, but also to have started stand up when the scene here for, you know, alt or like queer comedy has really opened up and there are a lot more queer faces and voices producing their own shows cool. that I can kind of hop onto. Um, and then also like not to say that I'm exclusively doing queer shows, but you know, you also get to be the, they're like, Hey, uh, gay people are funny too. Or, <laughs> you know, like there's all these other voices now being heard because of all these new rooms. So we are all are hopping outside of the queer spaces too, which is awesome. Very cool. Who, who are your favorite comedians? Um, in the city specifically? Just in general. I'm going to shout out the city specifically because okay. we have some great ones. So there's um, Shanti Morastica, who is uh, openly trans and is the first trans um, Sirius XM top comic winner. Whoa. Still currently reigning. Um, who else do I love? Uh, ben Sosa Wright is a new voice to see, follow, and love. I would also say uh, Brandon Ash Muhammad. Very funny comedian. Um, Meg McKay is very funny. There are so many. I feel I'm like under pressure now. I'm like sweating trying to think of all my favorite this people. It's like your Oscar thank you speech. Yeah. I'm like so sorry if I forgot anyone. No. Um, there are, honestly, there are so many amazing, like Olivia Stadler, Ali Pierce. I like literally need to like look through my phone, but. There are so many. Everyone's so funny. Sweet. Do you have a favorite room to perform at? There's this really amazing show um, at the Gladstone. I think it's the first Tuesday of every month called Working Women, and it's kind of like a queer feminist um, show that's really awesome. And there's Crimson Wave at Comedy Bar, which is also a feminist show that's really cool. There and um, yeah, there's a million. There's lunch. I have a show, not to brag. Plug yourself. Um, but it's uh, at the theater center in Toronto, and it's not any specific thing. Just really great comedians. That's it's a lot of fun. Sweet. We're doing a festival there. There's like a show called uh, Summer Works, so we're a part of it. So August fifteenth at ten p.m. Okay. Very very cool. What got you into comedy? 
I just love to laugh. Okay. I know that's so dumb. Like, <laughs> friends of mine have talked to me about it before. They're like, what's your trauma? Like, what drives you to, like, try and, like, get people to have fun? I'm like, I love to laugh, and I want everyone to enjoy themselves all the time. Yeah, because that is the trope, right? Like, all comedians are... Broken? Br- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, broken for sure, but <laughs> no trauma at the resu- like that resulted in that breaking. Yeah, right. That's, that's nice. Are you born and raised in Toronto? Or? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And what's the, what, like, you know, we've spent, uh, God, uh, like four years here in the city. Um, about that? Minimum. Minimum. Yeah. And, um, and we come back and we visit quite a lot. Um, but how, how has the, 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 LGBTQ scene shifted over the last I mean in your I guess in your lifetime like how has there been has there been a lot of like a lot of change we just had a a gay guest on just before you and uh, and you know talking about his his upbringing his coming out story yeah he found it really hard to come out and didn't feel like very supported Um, do you I've I've always felt because I come from fucking Lower Sackville, Nova Scotia. Right. When I came to Toronto, I was like, look at all these gay people. It's true. They're fucking everywhere. This it's is amazing. True. You know, like church and Wellesley, I, that shit blew that was right by my our- mind. But again, yeah. I'm coming from like... Same with me. I'm but from... fuck nowhere farm. Rural Prince Edward town. Island. Yeah. 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 No, I know. And I, I feel like gays who come from smaller communities, especially if they stick around for longer, are kind of... Like, you can't miss them, in a sense. Like, you have to be, like, almost radically gay to be, like, you don't have to call me, like, a faggot. Look at the way I'm dressed. Like, it's very, like, mm-hmm. there's no point in saying it. Like, we know. <laughs> um, and I think that the city gets like that sometimes, too. Like, especially around Pride. I was joking recently because the parade was uh, last month. And, um, you know, I, I'm i like, are gay people here all the time? Like, when you walk down the street and there's, like, no room to move, especially on church, you're like, are all of these people here? Like, I haven't seen you before. And then just after, like, you realize that so many people are coming into the city as well to kind of find community because um, it's kind of like Cinderella after midnight, like, just, like, full pumpkin back to the regular city. And you're like, oh, they're gone again. Uh So I, like, experienced both sides of it. But the city, like, in terms of it changing, for me, I feel like I've been very lucky to be in kind of that sweet spot, like, the kids who are like Gen X or whatever who have no idea what dial-up is and like have never mm. heard about Discman, I feel like I'm kind of growing at the same time everything else is. Um, I do vividly though remember when gay marriage was legalized in the U.S. Yeah, and I don't know, like I just happened to Google it just to see what was like going on on my phone. Like I had an iPhone at the time, so it was like super recent still. I look it up and Fox News came up first. And I guess because it was their like comment section was the most aggressive. And I remember having my phone open, looking at the comments and they were updating so fast because people were so pissed on Fox News. But you know, when you're like in the afterglow of winning something, so it doesn't matter. I'm like, they're so mad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love that when we put a, we had a CBC interview where we had similar thing, a thing going on with people just outraged that we were talking about polyamory on CBC. Bloody outraged. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand why that's so like touchy. Because people feel threatened. They, they feel like, well, this is, we were just talking about this. People feel that they are not, maybe they feel they're not happy. And so they, they don't want to, um, 
acknowledge, I guess, that there's like maybe there's a different way to to do what you're doing if you're not if you're not happy with the person you're with or right. whatever. I don't know. I think people also like the I have the luxury of coming from like a gay perspective, I guess, where because we're kind of already outside of the box, we don't have the same pressure to like figure out one partner and get married and have kids. Like if you're in kind of like a heteronormative situation, sorry. Um, if you're in a heteronormative situation and then you are talking about exploring anything outside of that, they're like, but you're Labrador. Like what were your, like your children think? Like you already have like this white picket fence and you're like deviating from this yeah. like idea and breaking people's brains. Yeah. And it's, yeah, they don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> the brains just break. They yeah. just can't handle it. It's true. They yeah. do. Sometimes. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, I was thinking about this today on the flight here. I'm reading this book called The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss's old book. And um, and I'm like, yeah, this is great because it's really resonating with um, a lot of the things that I want for my life, like the lifestyle I want to build for myself and the approach that I want to have to work and et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, I'm thinking about how it's, it's real. I feel like I, you know, I'm 35. I've been like really for a long time I think pursuing the things that would make me happy and like oh when I I just need to like get to a place in my career where my income is stable and you know and and then I can buy my cabin in the woods or buy some land and learn how to farm and blah 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 and now I'm like it's way less about like what can I add and it's now it's more like what do what needs to go what's like getting in my way right. of having those things and um, but anyway so I'm reading this book and it's really in line with like how I think and feel and what I want and I'm like but really we're just all doing that all the time we're just like consuming information that affirms the things we want to believe fully yeah and you know and and so and then i'm like it's perfect and then somebody walks in and goes well i wouldn't want to do it that way yeah like well you don't have to it's that's you yeah Yeah. but i would be equally as annoyed with someone if they were doing something that i that i didn't think was right either like i don't know right because and well yeah but what the fuck would that be i don't like, know what do you hear where you go that's not right aside from someone like fucking a dog you know what yeah. i mean like yeah what what that's are the things not right what are the things out there that you're like that's not right um i don't know i'm sure i think of it i i'll, I'll tell you next time it oh i don't know probably something you well, do. sp- well speaking of that maybe this maybe this is a weird segue but um, and maybe things have changed because it's been it's been a number of months since we've been here. But when right. you did email us, you uh, you reached out to like specifically touch on. Um, you, I, I think your extreme prudism. <laughs> yes, yeah. What, I think what you like dubbed sex negativity. Yes, I don't think I'm the first person to ever say sex negative, but. Um, are you sex negative? Sometimes. Like, right. I think it's hard not to be. I feel like my base, like, you know when you're, like, a, like a nervous child, like, yeah. timid to, like, go outside of it, and I feel like sex negative is, like, my home first, mm. and then people are like, it can be okay. So it's the other, what you're talking about, the other side of um, the conversation, they're like, you're doing it wrong. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm kind of doing it wrong, I guess. <laughs> but, um, no, like, just to, like... I don't know. Sex negative is so hard just because I feel like sometimes like there are certain things like being sex positive, like on paper, I'm totally on board. But it's kind of that like quiet voice in the back of my head. Like if a friend is talking about a date or a hookup, 
I'm like kind of like first person reliving that experience vicariously, and I'm like, oh god, like I, I don't know if I could do this. Right, like it, like it brings on almost a sense of anxiety. Or, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I like I think sometimes <laughs> um, I find a lot of discomfort in discomfort, which I think like sex sometimes is just like being comfortable with not discomfort, but like the uncomfortable a little bit, like especially if you're hooking up with someone for the first time or it's a one-night stand or whatever, um, it can be a little awkward and a little uncomfortable and you're, like, figuring out how it goes and, like, I don't know. I just, like, I I don't know. I also think I have a face where people feel very comfortable sometimes, like, saying things very bluntly and I'm like, that's uh, the rudest thing you could possibly say at this moment. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're both right. naked and you're criticizing me. Like, um, I had, there's a guy I was hooking up with last year and the first time we hooked up, um, like it's so vulnerable being intimate for the first time and like sometimes I'll just like want to be quiet like the same thing happens when I if I get too drunk I just stop talking because I'm like don't embarrass yourself and that's uh, how I get when I'm high I, yeah I'm always like oh, no. I wish I was like that when I'm drunk I'm like everybody needs to hear everything going on in my head yeah. at the loudest possible volume yeah so I don't know it's like a defense mechanism so I guess sometimes I'm like quieter if we're like hooking up for the first time we're not as comfortable being as vocal and he was like you're so quiet are you even liking this <laughs> like yeah he was like I'm not that quiet but <laughs> he was like ah yeah, yeah. it's like well this is humiliating at this point yeah. like I don't know if I can get into character now yeah mm. So, I don't know. Is that, that what that made you feel, that, that you weren't, perf- like, performing? Because I think that there's, like, there's that kind of sex. There's, like, I need to, yeah, perform. Yeah. And, yeah, it is kind of because even, like, uh, in relationships as well, like, I feel not pressure to perform, but I'm, like, more willing to cheerlead. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So you're, like, getting yourself into it um, and just, like, more willing to be like, okay, you're doing the right thing. Whereas, like, I don't know, you're just kind of, if it's the first time, I'm like, I don't know you and I don't really owe it to you yet. And I don't want to overemphasize, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's like a bit like rubbing your tummy and patting your head. I'm like trying to figure out if I'm enjoying it. So to perform enjoying it at the same time is weird. I yeah, know that it, feeling. Yeah, it's like sensory overload. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I know that feeling of trying to figure out if I'm into it or not. It's a weird spot to be when you're in the act in the middle of the action yeah. because things are in your head could be like, well, if I'm not okay with this, then I probably should stop this right immediately. And if I am okay with this, why don't why doesn't it why am I not lost in the moment? Right. But again, that see that's the thing about I mean, if we're talking about one night stands, sure that is a that is a very rare gem. That you find those what, moments where, moment? yeah, where you just get lost in the moment and it's like, <sighs> yeah, you know, because oftentimes it is like a, oops, sorry, stepped on your toe. Oh, nope. Oh, I bumped her foreheads. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little awkward. <laughs> you know, it's like that weirdness and maybe that weirdness is dialed up a lot. Maybe it's dialed down a bit, but if, if it's to have it not there at all, I mean, at least for me, that's. That doesn't happen very often. And when it does, I come out of that experience being like, holy shit. Right. For sure. That was monumental. Turn Me On will be right back after this word from our sponsors. You should celebrate yourself every day. 
But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. So, what what's the most fulfilling um sexual experience you've had? Fulfilling in what way? <laughs> well, in something like you came out of it and you were like, that was nice. What was the most sex positive experience <laughs> yeah. you've ever had in your life? Um, I mean, that's a much shorter list. I, you know how your like embarrassments are burned in? But like, there are, I don't know, there are times like you'll hook up with someone for the first time and if they're just like kind of good and know how to like take the lead, like whether I'm like topping or bottoming, if they're kind of like more confident in like, the way they want the situation to unravel and it's not stepping on my comfort zone, then I'm like, oh, this is much better. Like now it kind of opens up that window of possibility to like get lost in the moment and enjoy yourself. Um, (coughs) And like I had, there was a guy who I had talked to for a very long time um, on Grindr and like our schedules just like never lined up. Like it'd be one of those things where I'd be like, okay, like, in four hours, are you available? I'm still at work. And he's like, I'm available right now, but not then. And then um, we ended up running into each other at the bar, like, really sporadically. And we were talking, and, like, there wasn't really an acknowledgement of that, like, er- those earlier conversations, but we were just, like, talking and flirting. And so th- we were kind of a little bit acquainted, even though we weren't acknowledging that, like, previous step. Right. Oh, nice. And then I was like, we should kiss. And he was like, we should kiss. And then we ended up hooking up, and it was so good. And I was like, this is nice against all odds. Lovely. That yeah. sounds great. It that, was great. Yeah, it sounds very fun. Yeah. Yeah. It is was fun. There's something very exciting about that. I'm, I'm thinking currently about someone that I've been like, that I've had that exact thing with, but we've never met yet. Yeah. It's like, that's okay, a good so line. what? That's a really good line. We should kiss. Yeah. I like that. Well, so I love it because you're, if you're having fun and you're enjoying yourself, like having this conversation with someone and that's mm. kind of where it's leading towards, you're just like opening the door to that possibility. And then you're not saying like, I'm going to kiss you or like, you should kiss me. You're like, do you want to? Mm. And then that person gets to decide in kind of a more comfortable way. I don't know. They ha- I feel personally like they have the out to be like no and you're like cool <laughs> yeah yeah right 
Add, add that to the sex negativity checklist. All right. Yeah, and then you're like, and where did we grow up? Like, yeah. what's going on? Tell me. We have to like circle back to a different area of conversation now. Yeah. But um, where does the the coming back to the sex negativity thing? Like, do, do you know where that stems from? It's hard for like I'm not a very anxious person, not to brag, um, but it. Like, I don't think that it comes from anxiety necessarily. Maybe a little bit is internalized homophobia just because I feel like for so long, like growing up gay and like people will point it out to you or you're kind of more aware of what your gay behavior is to then like be in a sexual situation where you're like, this is all gay behavior right now, um, like makes you a little more aware. But I think part of it for me is also like just to go back to that discomfort is like, when you don't necessarily have that intimacy, but you're being physically intimate with someone, it's harder. I think it's like a trust thing for me, maybe, where I'm like, I need to know that we're on the same page and you're not going to try anything weird or it's not going to get uncomfortable because I feel like that's the worst situation you can get in. Like, Mm. not anything extreme, but even being like, even to have to like have that conversation where you're like, okay, hey, let's stop regroup and then start again yeah. is kind of where we're like this this whole notion of uh internalized homophobia yeah i i i mean not to like sound like a total piece of shit but i feel like a total piece of shit saying this this is the first time i've ever heard this me too oh and, really and like today like just before you jordan who is also sitting here Said that's the same thing, and I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting. I never thought about that. And then you just said it, and I'm like, what the fuck? Is this a common thing? Is this what's ha-? like? Well, and it's not just for gay men either. Like, it, it um, I think, like, a, a friend of mine told me, I heard a story about someone in middle school was asked how he shows his fingernails, or how he looks at his fingernails. Mm. And there's a gay way and a straight way to do it. Right. So if you hold your hand out in front of you with... Yeah, exactly, so that your palm is away from you, that's a gay way. But if your palm's towards you, fingers down, that's, like, the straight way to do it. And I think that, like, straight men also inherit this thing. It's just not the same necessarily. But I guess because we're forced to, like, like gay men are forced... or, Or queer people are forced to kind of monitor their behavior, then you're always on the lookout and it manifests as well when you're um, talking to other gay men. So like if, you know how when uh, girls of different friend groups show up to the same party and then there's kind of that icy moment where they're like sizing each other up? Mm -hmm. Gay men on an individual basis have that as well and they're like, I don't know if I like you. And it's because you're watching someone else exhibit the behaviors that you were or are monitoring in yourself. Or it's like, he's so annoying, he's so flamboyant. Holy fuck, I can relate to that as a woman. I think I I hear what you're saying. I mean, it's obviously not exactly the same thing on on a social level, but like I know from experiences of of showing up high school or university or. about things that I was deeply insecure about and seeing other people just be like very confident about those things was extremely threatening to me and only made me feel worse about myself because it's like you know you have all the potential in the world to be like a fully expressed like human being and we all have these caps that we put on and, and go like oh don't show that to the world and people don't like it when you're too much of that or too little of that. So like, you know, monitor. Yeah. And then you see someone else who's just like very free. 
And you're like, fuck. <laughs> What's I your problem? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I hate them. Yeah. Yeah. Is this like do you do you think this 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 internalized homophobia, like within someone who is gay? Yeah. Do you think that it 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 may or t- or tends to be more prevalent in people who had a harder time coming out? For sure. Yeah. Especially if you took longer. This is just my opinion, but mm-hmm. um, if you took longer to come out, you have a longer period of time to like sit with those feelings and denials, essentially, mm-hmm. where um, especially if you were someone who dated a girl and it's kind of that whisper network behind your back being like, but Derek is gay. And yeah. then it's like harder for you to admit because you're like, you were right this whole time. And like, you were right about something that I should have known about myself. Yeah. Is this a, is this a thing that you like personally, you talk about with, uh, with your, your peers? Sometimes it's more. So I feel very lucky because it was never really a big deal in my family. I'd been gay for so like forever. I never really had a coming out. Uh, part of it for me, I, I went to one elementary school that only went to grade six and then I switched school districts. I went to another, um, middle school for seven and eight, which is like when you're going through puberty Yeah. and then I had no friends anymore because everyone else is like your built in friend from kindergarten. And, um, I remember that was when I was like, Oh God, they like can tell that I'm gay. And that's when people would be like, you're like you're a faggot and I'd be like I am a faggot like now what are you gonna call oh, me oh yes you just owned it right yeah. right off the bat you like have to they're like we'll still call you a faggot and I'm like it hurts less though now that yeah. it's all out on the table yeah, yeah. so cause then at least you're like defending where did that come from I don't no, I think I'm just a psycho. I have very cha- like chaotic energy cause, cause that is very that is very ballsy like that is a very um you know especially for that age like yeah. man fuck the, like junior high school students are awful. That's just call me a That's lesbian a in grade period. seven, and I couldn't stop thinking about it until well into my twenties. Yeah, I'm like, am I? Yeah, would I know? And the way that we react to those types of things in in at that age are, you know, I, I remember junior high constantly. All I was thinking about was what do people think of me? Right. Like, that's mm-hmm. it. That's all I was thinking. And if I was, you know, I had a very different upbringing, but. I, I feel like putting myself in your shoes. I don't think I would have been the person that was like, yeah, I am a faggot. Yeah. So what? You know, I would have been like, I, I probably would have been doing everything in my power to like posture up and, and try to try to hide that or, or for sure. Uh, I like that to me is so, that's so fascinating that you just had that ability to, I guess to, to coming from like a, you know, going into a completely new school where it's like, Nobody knows you. You Fresh can set start. any standard you want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have, like, nothing to lose. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, you're already being mean to me. Like, how much meaner can it get? Like, this is the worst thing you can think of. Yeah. So, um, but that's what I deal with, um, like, conversationally. If I'm ever doing, like, an emotional labor with, like, another uh, queer person who's a friend of mine just kind of unpacking their story, it, they'll kind of go through, like, different steps of things. Like, a friend of mine who I lived with um, in Australia is also a gay man. He was out at the time, but he had very, um, he was very self-monitoring. And then when he was drunk, he would get much more flamboyant. And he still like would have relationships with men, but you could just tell that he didn't want to have any effeminate qualities. Mm. And then 
I've like been so lucky to be able to see him grow over time and just get more comfortable with himself. And so that like line between who he is when he drinks, where he's like uninhibited, and who he is when he's sober has like gotten so blurry that it all kind of goes together. And it's really nice. That's great. Yeah. It's just sad to <laughs> when people are monitoring themselves like that. Yeah. Yeah. Again, like this is, some, this is something that's kind of like just blowing my mind wide open. Because um, I never really, I've never. I've never talked to someone about that. I've never heard that point of view. Yeah. Um, and God, that's got to be fucking hard. You know, so, for, sometimes that's got to be. For that to come out of your mouth in grade seven, there was no, your parents were never like, <coughs> yeah, you go out there and like, you just tell them how it is. No. <laughs> so my parents are both very like um, quiet and introverted and like, not to say that they don't talk, but they were never like, do, like they're both like working class and like very like they obviously loved us so much but they were like I remember being like I want to work in television as a child and my mom was like okay get a real dream like yeah. what are you gonna <laughs> like what office are you gonna work in yeah and not in a mean way I think our parents want the best for us but I think that when you don't really have a concept for TV like we were saying before you don't really know how much there is behind the scenes like opportunities mm. that are there so they're like you're not going to be Jennifer Lopez, so grab a briefcase and get in line with, like, whatever, something else. Get a degree. Um, and so in that kind of same vein, like, they never were, like, uh, discouraging me from being myself, but they kind of gave me the space to figure things out on my own, almost. And, like, we have a, I have a great relationship with my parents, like, every year... I will always like call my mom and pretend that I'm coming out to her. And she's like, we've done this before. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great ritual. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun just to like play around in that way. But um, yeah, no, they weren't like, I don't know where it came from. I feel like it's just a survival instinct, which is um, probably the same thing that tells you to like monitor your behavior is probably like the jig is up. Like, what are we going to do now? Mm. Do you, did you, I, I know you said you didn't really have a like, uh, coming out because because of that, you know, switching grades and, and sort of just owning it right off the bat. But did you ever have a, do you remember or recall any conversations with your parents, like, when you were younger about about your sexual identity? Not really. It was like just my, always just kind of a thing. Yeah. And then, like, introducing, like, partners to my parents and, like, that's how it's kind of, like, gone. it's almost unacknowledged. Like, I feel robbed of my, like, right. YouTube coming out story where I could monetize it, but... um. No, they, I, like, there was never a real moment, but I also don't feel like I'm missing one either. Mm. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's weird. I've always been kind of independent, though. So, I don't know. Do you have siblings? Yeah. Did you have a, that conversation with any of them? No, but my siblings have both separately. My, my brother is younger than me. He's 25. I'm 28. Don't put that in the podcast. I'm very young. But, um... He was drinking once we were on a family vacation. He was like, I accept you for who you are. And I was like, I never assumed anything less, but thanks for tabling this. But I knew it was like important for him to be like, we're on the same team. Like we're pals. So like just conversations in that way. How much of that is a part of interacting with new people for the first time? Is there any, like, is for your brother to say that? Is there any part of you that's like, meeting someone for the first time and wondering if they're okay with the fact that you're gay? A little. Um, 
I remember the only time I really felt pressure was like it's a whole new group of people again was when I was in first year of university. I went to Western and I remember being on my floor and was like, oh, God, like none of these people know I'm gay. And you do like those icebreakers where everyone says their hometown. And I was like, okay, so I'm from Toronto. Someone's from Etobicoke. There's someone from London, Ontario. And then there's someone from Vancouver. And then out of the major cities, that's it. And so I was like, I don't really know what anyone's like political beliefs on this is going to be. So I felt more nervous about it in that sense. And everything was fine. But that was like the first time probably in my life where I uh, like since being like, I am a faggot, um, having to like own and acknowledge that again, like basically on a clean slate. Yeah. Because I feel like like part of for comedy for me, I'm. Like, you walk up there and you're like, either you like it or you don't, and I really don't care. And I think that part of a comedian's job and part of, I think, why so many queer people are funny is because you're used to tricking people with humor into liking you right away. Like, it's like a job interview, so you use that humor to your advantage, and then it's kind of like a... Well, you think I'm funny, you already enjoy my company, so if you're not going to like me because I'm gay, like, that's so sad for you that you don't get to laugh anymore yeah right. right yeah that you don't find it funny yeah yeah i'm just thinking about like stereotypes of like like the gay best friend who's like hilarious and and uh and what was the other the other thing that just crossed my mind was was yeah like the hypersexualization almost of, yeah. of gay men too and how you know how your relationships how you have more partners and all that kind of stuff so. yeah I can't imagine, sort of, especially if if you consider yourself sex negative to be well, show up in the face of that. Yeah, you're like the foot's on the gas pedal to like have a sexual relationship right away. Not always, but um, especially with like grinder and hookup culture. But you're like, I need a second to like adjust to mm-hmm. like having intimacy with you. Mm-hmm. Our previous guest was talking about how they have a real, real big issue with unsolicited dick pics on Grinder. Hilarious. Do you have you uh, um, have you run into? Is that a problem for you? Like, happens to me all the time. I literally was at the park with friends on Sunday, like the Lord's Day, the Lord's sun shining, day. God's looking down, and um, <laughs> I can't remember. Why open Grinder? But as soon as you open it, then everyone else who's close to you knows that you're online. So yeah. they'll like message you. And I got an unsolicited dick pic, and I like I was just in like a hyper chaotic mood, so it made me laugh. And um, I don't know if you guys know, but um, I could tell that the dick pic was taken on an iPhone X because their screen is the like the whole screen the whole phone is the screen right yeah and my phone's not an x so it like squishes the ratio down of the photo (laughs) so i replied to it and i was like do you have an iphone x and he's like why does that matter (laughs) it's like oh are you are you feeling uncomfortable now that i've questioned something about you after sending your dick to me yeah yeah it's so it's so aggressive such an aggressive move yeah it's a lot i was saying to jordan like there's a reason why there's a reason why um, Tinder does not have the option to send photos because I feel like I feel like a lot of guys out there would just be slinging dick pics. It would be out of control. Doesn't so matter if fast. you're straight, gay, non-binary. Like you're just throwing out dick pics, and it's a bad, it's a bad scene. Like I don't get it. I don't get that. I know. I think it must be like a 
of is it voyeurism? Is that yeah. what? It exhibitionism. Be, exhibitionism. Yeah. Yes. Because have you guys heard that? Like now it's like a big thing. Even though you can't do it with Tinder, but people will airdrop dick pics. What? Oh, actually, my favorite favorite thing in the world is to airdrop. Uh, really, dick pics. yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my dick pics. Yeah, no, uh, there's a there's a photo on my phone of a kid with just a ton of snot coming out of his face. Oh, so I'll sit at a cafe and I'll open up my AirDrop, and if there's anyone that has their Bluetooth on, I'll go boop, and I'll just send it. It's a really, it's a really funny photo. I love that. Guaranteed laughter. Guaranteed. It doesn't matter who. It, like I've never done it and not heard someone go. Ah-ha. That's so funny. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. That's so fun. Yeah, do that. Don't do dick pics. Come on. Yeah. I want to do that. It's really fun. Actually, so uh, so from the studio, she she got me at a cafe once doing that. I didn't know she was there. Anyway, that's that's <laughs> that's, that's, that's fucked. I never heard about this. Yeah. About dick pics. It's insane. Yeah. That's a that's that is assault. Yeah. yeah. It For is. sure. Like, it's the same as doubt. being a flasher. You're just a digital flasher. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so it sounds to me like I've heard this people say this before. It's like I need a certain kind of emotional closeness and intimacy before that I'm even like physically turned on. Yeah. I guess in a way talking about being sex negative is just talking about being a person. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, isn't that uh, uh, there's a word for that, demisexual? Demisexual, yeah, yeah, I think that is the right. I believe that's the term. Well, there you go. Demisexual, someone who has a—it's a lot prettier. It's a lot cuter than sex-negative. Has a harder time being sexually like engaged with someone without some sort of like closeness or intimacy. For sure, sexually Um, attracted to people only after a strong emotional bond has been formed. Okay, well there you go. There you go. Demisexual is that it? Demisexual, yeah. yeah. I feel, yeah. I don't know, but I feel like. I mean, you guys are obviously people, people, pe- yeah, people, people as well. Yeah. I I just want that, like, is it possible to be, like, platonically demisexual as well? What do you mean? Like, I just want emotional connection all the time. Oh, okay. Like, it's yeah. so much. I hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I remember talking to a guy friend of mine, and he was like, I'm going on dates, and they're not really good. And I was like, are you asking the girls you're going on dates with questions about themselves and he was like no I'm really monologuing I was like okay well people Ooh, actually love it yeah. yeah when you show any interest in them at all yeah. yeah people love talking about themselves yeah for the most part and yeah. then people love feeling like they are interesting yeah and you when also you, have to listen that's yes. yeah. so yeah. but that's um like on dates I'll ask questions and then if you're not getting any back I'm like okay you're a dad but when it's reciprocal you're like okay this is good mm-hmm. and that's how I kind of approach um like relationships with friends as well. Like I met a comedian who I know, uh, Marcus Gomez, who's from Australia, and I was asking him questions about himself. And some of his material is about how he's a shoe shiner, and I was like, "That's so fun! Like, did you like? That's a random job, though. Not to be condescending, like someone's got to do it. But is that what you want to do?" And he was like, "Well, I was a scientist before, and I don't really want to do that anymore." And I was like, "Okay, this is a huge gap in yeah. information." Fill that story in, yeah. Totally. And like we were having a conversation, and someone came over, and they're like, "Are you fighting?" And I was like, "No, but like Marcus is keeping secrets from all of us. He used to be a uh, <laughs> scientist, and then he was like a boxer, and then he taught boxing in Thai, or he learned boxing in Thailand, and then taught it in Australia. And we had all of these like steps of information, and it's like." you tell lies like you're not just a shoe shiner like you have this huge history but I always want to know like people's backstories before like I feel like it gives you better context of 
And that's what I rem- like. I have a bad memory, but I'll be able to remember forever that you're from Sackville, right? For like whatever reason, and you're from PEI, and like you guys both went to Ryerson, yeah. And that's how you met, yeah. I, I'm, I'm just realizing now and talking about this is like I do this exact thing. I, because I talk to you. I've, you're a great talker. Yes, and, li- and listener. <laughs> yes, but I've said to you how many times have yes, I said to you? And. Yes, and yes, and how many times have I said to you? I fucking talk too much on dates. Mm-hmm. I always feel like I talk too much, but now, now I'm like, no, I'm talking just enough. Yeah, I'm. I, this that's that's important. You need that. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I talk too much, and I. I, ru- I, you know, it's seven hours later and it's, right. too, it's been too long. You know, I like, I gotta go to bed now. Right. We cannot have sex. We talked the whole time. Right. But now, now I kind of, I feel good about that now. I feel, I, I don't feel like that's a downfall. No. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's great to be listened to. Everybody wants to be listened to. That's for sure. And if you ask good questions that are not yes or no questions, you can you can learn a lot from someone in, uh, about someone in a really short period of you time. You can learn a lot about yourself. You yeah. have to be really careful. Now, I'm going to plant this bug in everybody's brain who's listening because it was planted in mine at a very impressionable age, and I've never forgotten about it for better or for worse. You're a lesbian. <laughs> it's been incepted by that girl. Yeah, yeah. I've only I've only fooled around a handful of times with women, and I I don't I do love penises, so I just I'm not ready to. Ditto. Yeah, I don't love the idea of a vagina in my face. Yeah. Well. But anyway, that's okay. Uh, that wasn't what I was going to say. I was, I was like, is this what the seed no. you wanted to plant? Hold on, what <laughs> <Yeah>. the fuck? <laughs> Get your vaginas out of my face. I want to say one thing. Before you go out there and you start asking the good questions, I don't want vaginas in my face. Don't send me unsolicited vagina photos. Um, No, what I, what (coughs) someone who was really influential to me said, mentioned something that people do in communication, which is self-reference. And I pick up on it so quickly now when as soon as, if I'll share something and someone goes, yeah, I, you know, I was thinking about that like 10 years ago and I was really young and then I worked through it like this and this is how I did. And I'm like, first of all, I feel like you just invalidated me. Basically, you just said that way back when you were a young thing like me you had to learn similar lessons and this is how I should do it and also you didn't ask me any fucking questions about yeah. my experience so and I and, and I've been in conversations with people where they just repeat that tactic over and over again is like telling me how they how they experienced the same thing in their own lives yeah I and I when I first heard my a person I consider to be a teacher um say this I was like oh he's talking about me I must do that of course made it all about me I must do that and then for like fucking 10 years I was like don't talk about yourself don't talk about yourself Bridie like don't talk about yourself because it's self-referencing and but but and that's an issue and that's also an issue because get out of your head and just like listen you know but present and I see you do that too, Jeremy. Like I see you, and I know you're on a call or you're we're recording, and you and I see this us us self conscious sometimes, not very often, come over you of like I can see you in your head telling yourself to like stop talking and like oh, yeah. be quiet. Oh, I tell myself to shut the fuck up 
all the time. Oh, man, it's such an awful feeling when you feel like that's what's happening. But it's really bad if you can see it. You're so hard on yourself. That's how I can. That's why I see it. I feel like so many people are trained to be like. I have had conversations with people where I've asked them a question that's not like a yes or no or like it involves a story. And they'll be like, oh, like, listen to me babbling on for 20 minutes. And I was like, yeah, but I prompted that. Like, that's what I wanted. But um, to build off of what you were saying, just to yes and it, Bridie, um, is I feel like you can, like, everyone has themselves as their frame of reference, but don't use it as a tangent about yourself. Yes. Like, don't be a me monster. Yeah. If someone's like, uh, like, the perfect example is everyone loves to compare their breakups So if someone's going through a breakup and they're telling you about it, I think that it's okay to be like, yes, I hear what you're saying. I understand in my breakup, this happened. This is how I relate it to you advice wise. Or like, I found this was really helpful for me. I don't know if that'll help you. Mm, Mm. Yeah. Because that's, I mean, I find that that's what people always kind of need, especially in, because people are always doing being derailed from in those situations when they're talking about a hard time that they're having mm-hmm. and then other people take that to talk about a hard time they had. <laughs> yeah. I think there's also too a difference between someone using the way they relate to what you're saying as like a as a tool to communicate versus someone who just makes what you just said about them. Mm. Like that's the I think that's, that's the the, the part that that is quite a, a turnoff. Even if you don't even notice that it's happening, it mm. turns people off. Oh, yeah. Mm. All of a sudden you go, well, what I am feeling and saying is clearly do- takes yeah. like a, a step down from what you feel like I need to hear right now or something. It's got to be tennis. It's got to be yes and. Yeah, yeah. Back and forth. I want to like, if I break up with somebody, I <clears throat> if I'm talking to you about it, first of all, I first of all am worried about how much I'm talking about it and being right. like, oh God, woe is me. Like, just get over it. But I also understand that not talking about it is not going to be helpful. Yeah. Mm. And I have to, you have to trust that your friends who are whoever you're confiding in is there to like support you. Yeah. But, uh, but I'm always like, don't take up too much time talking about this and don't take up too much time being sad. You know, just like get it off your chest and then be like, but how are you? You know, right? Oh, I mean, if I'm talking about a breakup, first of all, I'm sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time to like run the clock, but I understand what you mean, where you feel like you're stepping on people's toes talking about being sad. Yeah, I feel like we're not allowed to be sad anymore. Yeah, like there's too much like self care culture, and they're like, buy candles. Like, what's your problem? Yeah, yeah. get yourself to a yoga class. Yeah, just sobbing in a yoga class, downward dog. <laughs> It happens. It's a beautiful scene. It's a beautiful scene. I've had tears. I've had many tears and not downward dog. It's a weird pose to cry in. It would just be running up. Just running <laughs> up your nose. Yeah. yeah. No. You ever I, get sweat up your nose and down dog? Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you ever get sweat in your ear in reclining twist? Man, that is the fucking worst. Because what happens is that, I mean, I, <laughs> maybe I'm the only person in the world who's happened to the, the the shape of my ear, but like, um, have you ever had like water, not go in your ear from like being underwater, but like water, like actually just go into your ear, like from like the shower oh, or something, yeah, and you're yeah. like, oh fuck, it's that, but with your sweat, like it just perfectly goes bloop right in. 
bit of a seems weird like someone's there. sweating above you in this scenario. Yeah. Like head turned to the side. Yeah, I'm just re- I just sweat a lot. Sweat. Yeah. Oh, I just got all those the hairy ears. They sweat a lot. Very yeah. specific torture to you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like one drop. Yeah, that's my hell. Yeah, yeah. Oh god. Uh, are you in a? Are you currently in a relationship? I'm not in a relationship. What's your dating life like these days? Um, so I, a friend of mine just did like a light tarot reading, not to have people turn off the iPod right now, but <laughs> I just a think, gentle tarot. Reading. Yeah, yeah, just a suggestion of the future. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he did it, and you kind of like there's a way to do them, I guess, where you just split the deck into three, and then they flip the top card, and it's like past, present, and future, and you just think about a question that you're having or whatever and I was like what's my love life whatever and the present card was like I don't even remember what card it was but it had all it was like kind of chaotic and um, the card was basically like you think that it's messy but you just aren't recognizing that these are options that you have and there's something I don't I've never been to Halifax so I don't know what it's like there but there's something about Toronto that Everyone's zipped up in a parka for so long, and then as soon as we, like, tiptoe into spring, it's just, like, the horniest energy. Like, the city feels like there's so much opportunity, because you're seeing people's faces outside of, like, parkas for the first time, and people are allowed to enjoy space instead of just going from point A to point B. And so I've been, like, running into people, like... There was a guy this, like, weekend on Friday who I've seen so many times and just, like, we'd never had a conversation. And then we started talking at the bar, fully made out, like, we're texting. It was insane. It was so nice. And I was also really lucky. I went on a, a date with a guy who's in an open relationship. And we went to the AGO. And he was like, do you want a boyfriend? And I was like... Of course not. Why would I be on a date with you if I wanted a boyfriend? <laughs> but it's just like nice to have a fun summer. Mm. Like, what, was that your first foray into dating somebody in an open relationship? Yeah. Show? How did that feel? It was um, interesting because the stakes felt high and low at the same time. Interesting. That, yeah. That's interesting. Like, I felt a little bit... <coughs> um, like not guarded but just like don't get too attached like this isn't a person for you like strictly but like let yourself have fun at the same time and I felt more like comfortable to be myself on the date Mm. like we went to the art gallery of Ontario and one of the like things was like an interactive piece of art and it was like write a message to a loved one and I just wrote like I told you so or something stupid and he was like writing this like heartfelt thing and I was like no no don't interact with this art this way. Like, have fun. Like, we're not here to, like, show off about art. Like, he was, like, trying to be like, oh, like, this piece is about this, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I could do that one. And it's just, like, a huge blue piece of art. And I think he, like, loosened up after a while because he was like, yeah, like, this can be fun. Like, we don't Mm. have to perform for each other in a weird way. And I feel like first dates are often that. Of, like, trying to, trying to basically, like, um... Maybe showcase they're... the like the optimized version of yourself yeah you know the the best of the best of the best all my all my one-liners exactly gotta pack them into this this date all my good stories gotta make sure i get them out yeah within this you know eight hours i mean in, in, in my case <laughs> the marathon dates talking. that you're going on <laughs> yeah that's yeah. right yeah it's because i won't shut up uh yeah it's true though we are i do i i i agree we are like that i, I tend to be like that yeah you know, i notice myself after and i'm like Dude, that one. I mean, yeah, that, that's me. But like, also, that, 
that's a, that's not a that's not a me that you see. You know, that's not a me that like the people that I actually spend time with see. Right, because you have that comfort already. That's right. You that's, don't have to. That's the me that like. If I'm on a television interview, sees you know, right. it's like the, it's what I want to really project all the best aspects of myself. Yeah, it's like maybe be a little bit more yourself, you know, like let loose a little. Well, and then you have like the opportunity. Like, how many dates have we been on where they're like, "What do you do for work?" And you're like, "Okay, like, do you care?" Like, in a way, mm. we're all just accountants. Like, no one's gonna remember anything. <laughs> And um, we're all just accountants. It's true. <laughs> yeah, totally. my mom will always be like, "What does like your friend from elementary school do?" I'm like, "Doctor, lawyer. Who's to say?" Like, I'm never going to ask that question. But I feel like when you like to kind of start these dates in a way that you have fun, I ask questions that I actually want to know the answer to. So like, like a good one that I love because it's always different is, "What did you do either today or yesterday?" And they're like they think about it and they like kind of walk you through it. And if it's work, you're like, okay, but like after that, yeah. and then it kind of like sparks that like genuine thought instead of mm. being like, I work here. I do this. I mm-hmm. have medium fun. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we, uh, the other podcasts that I do, we talk often about like, um, uh, how like small talk is just such bullshit and mm-hmm. like there really is not like we are not living lo- lives long enough to be wasting our time with small talk like who why are we talking about the weather right now we both we all know we're fucking sweaty right we all know it's humid so like why are we talking about it but instead talk about you know what's the what's the craziest thing you've ever done in your entire life exactly you know ask the questions that like make someone go jesus i don't know great question <laughs> let me think about it for a second you know i'm trying to think of really great first date questions right now like who's your favorite person on the planet yeah that oh. i mean that's a hard que- that's that's it's a hard, conversation that's hard to answer it's hard to answer. like well let me tell you about yeah. all the potential options i have first you know, and then someone said someone at, at a table the other day when i was on pei and it was i i met a, a a pal that I don't really know, but like we've, we've spent a bit of time together. And, and so him and I were like hanging out and then, uh, another friend of his that I had no idea who, who that was showed up and then somebody else showed up and they kind of knew a couple people. So it was a bunch of like acquaintances really right. sitting around a table. And, uh, the one that I had originally met was like, I'm going to go to the bathroom, but before I do, um, Jeremy, what was the, the hardest thing you ever had to deal with? Um, uh, that what was the hardest thing you ever had to deal with and reconcile after becoming an adult? And then, and it was like, I'll be right back. And then, and then, and then like goes to the bathroom. He was like, Oh, and, and go around the table. And then I was like, Holy fuck. I don't know. That's and so I answered this question. And then the guy next to me was like, yeah, you know what? I think it was this. And then the guy next to him was like, I think it was this. And then all of a sudden these like conversations broke out between everyone at the table dialed into that one particular thing and I ended up having this long conversation with this guy who his whole family immigrated to Canada and you know they're they're from they're from Africa and there was you know these crazy stories of their parents almost dying trying to get them here and you know none of that would have happened if it wasn't for that one prompt yeah and that's all it takes that's all it takes it's just a question that like you know that isn't that baseline bullshit yeah what yeah, because you, you can find out a lot more about a person by a story that they'll tell like that yeah. about an event in their life uh, than that than 
than having them explain what they do yeah. at work. Um, I always, I always, when people ask me what I do, I get, I get really like, oh, you know, I just, I work from home. So, you know, that's what I do. And right. Todd gets really mad at me for answering like that. Cause he was like, you do so many amazing things. Right. Like yeah. talk yourself up. I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm not <laughs> trying to sell myself here, but I guess, you know, there is something, if you can share something that does like move you or like excite you in some way then for sure you can get a, a ton more information about who how someone is as a human if yeah you, yeah totally let's have let's have richer conversations There's i mean so- if, if you're an astronaut you know and someone own said, up to it fucking yeah, talk like, about okay that. yeah no totally i know yeah. what you do moving on yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like in a space suit and you're like i couldn't possibly talk about it you're like all right <laughs> nasa <laughs> <laughs> but um but you could even do like i love because those are like such serious questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love like really small but like revealing things. Like I was talking with a friend, another gay comedian, and we were talking about how um, as like gay men in particular, like you kind of have to be like dismissive of things. Like even if you look on Twitter, like if something happens, people either like love it or hate it. And you like have to have like a strong stance on like anything. Mm. And I was like, being like earnest is like a practice for gay men and so we were like well what do you earnestly love and he was like I earnestly love literature and I was like no wrong start again like that's too broad that's like being like I love the ocean and that's the thing about me like everyone loves the ocean like people love literature in some form or another I was like I'll go first something that I earnestly love that makes me happy every time I experience it is foaming hand soap and he was like that's stupid and I was like but I love it I love that too. Yeah, yeah. I get that. And then it like got him thinking and he's like, I love using a pencil as a razor for the first time. And I was like, Ooh. that's satisfying. That's a good one too. Yeah. Oh shit. I like that because it's very positive. Yeah. You could say, you'd be like, what's your biggest pet peeve or whatever, you know, but that's a nice, that's yeah. a much nicer way. What do you, what is yours? Uh, what do I earnestly love? Yeah. Um, I, oh God, so many things. I earnestly love so many things. I love, um, all I can think about is how great new erasers are <laughs> on pencils. But, uh, I earnestly love, um, the song Jack and Diane. Oh, that's a nice one. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I think it's so wholesome. And I feel like a good song like puts you that you love puts you in a good mood. Like if yeah. you're walking somewhere, like suddenly you're strutting because your song's yeah. on. Yeah. yeah, or running. Yeah, yeah. There's that song that comes on. And you're like, I, I got to sprint. Yeah, your power song. I must run. Yeah. yeah. I earnestly love dipping my cookies in my coffee. Ooh. That's how. That's my preferred breakfast. That's good. That's yeah. a good one. I earnestly love remembering that I didn't take my socks off yet after having been in bed for like 20 minutes. Ooh. And then taking them off. <sighs> That's a good one. Yeah, it feels so good. See, they're all satisfying. Yeah. And the possibilities for this, are, I like guarantee Endless. you yeah. will almost never hear the same answer twice. Yeah. yeah, totally. Like there are so many good ones. Yeah. And it's basically what the, the, the entire book of awesome is. Oh, yeah. Okay, they copied me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, it's true. Um, well, this is really fun. Yeah, I'm in the best mood now. Yeah, yeah good. I I'm feel glad. like we just did a little gratitude practice. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming. I'm glad we were able to, like, 
make this happen after after just just being two ships passing in the night. Yeah, no, this was so much fun. Thank you both for having me. Yeah. Uh, oh, if people want to check out your shit, where can they like plug yourself? What what can they? What do you do for for a living? <laughs> <laughs> no, if you you can follow me on uh, Twitter. It's just Aiden underscore O'Loughlin, and my last name is O L O U G H L I N. Very Irish. Or Aders on Instagram, A-I-D-E-R-Z. Sweet. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My my older sisters used to call me Briders. Oh, that that's my, so nice. That sweet. I've never heard that. Yeah. Briders. Briders. I like that's getting so into that. Yeah. yeah. Asking about nicknames is a good question. Oh, there you do go. you have a nickname? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only Aders on Instagram because Aiden was taken already by someone who's very famous on YouTube and I'll never get it. Yeah, whenever I hear like, whenever I see like at like Frank, I'm like Jesus. You must have been like the first person on Twitter. Yeah, you know those those names. I, my, luckily, my full name is just. There's no one with Jeremy Saunders. No. Yeah. Jer Bear. Well, oh, my nickname. Yeah. Yeah, my dad calls me Jer Bear. Everybody calls you Jer Bear. No, no, my <laughs> everyone. <laughs> no, who calls me Jer Bear? I've heard lots of people call you Jer Bear. My dad is like the only person. I feel in the like world. my sister calls you Jer Bear. Uh, yeah, Terramite. Yeah. That's cute. It is cute. Yeah, I guess. I feel. I feel, think I'd feel weird if it was anyone other than my dad or your sister. I I always refuse to call you Jer. Everyone I, calls me Jer. I've no, I can't. People I don't even fucking know call me Jer. People are so lazy. They'll yeah. shorten any name. <laughs> yeah. B- Bry. Yeah. I'm like, are you talking to me or are you talking to Brian? I never yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Don't know what you mean. <laughs> well, thanks again, Aiden. This was uh, this was really sweet. Thank you. And thank you all so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back next week, as we always are, with another fantastic conversation. In the meantime, go to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review and, and smash that subscribe button through the screen uh, because it actually does something for our podcast. And it's really important to keep us up on those iTunes charts so or the Apple Podcast charts. They've rebranded. You can also support us financially by visiting our Patreon page and dropping some uh, some dollars down. Uh, turn me on. Oh, pod. Uh, mm, Patreon.com slash turn me on. And you can email us, uh, turn me on podcast at gmail.com or uh, submit to be a guest on the show or submit a brain boner if you have, uh, if you'd like some advice and or if you'd like to tell us about your favorite um Ernest loves. We'd love to hear that too. Yeah, send that in. I yeah. want to hear those. Turnmeonpodcast.com. I'm making a book called The Book of Amazing Things. And I'm not going to give him any credit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is it for this week. It sure is. Until next week. Go fuck yourself.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 